You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Hey, are you getting a double echo or is that just Rob? Me? What's good? What's good? Sorry. Is that Dude, better? Yeah. Are you getting a double? Were you getting a double echo? No. No, it's me. I'm hearing double right now. Oh, great. Yeah. Hold on one sec. All right. I'm going to, let me see. Hopefully. Yeah. Give me, give, give me a minute. I'm going to clear out here. All right, I'm going to I'm going to start uh I'm going to start my league review yes, here. Yes, you start. All right. Okay. All right, folks, welcome. Rob's going to bail out for a minute and get his uh technical issues worked out here. Uh welcome everybody. As always, we appreciate everybody joining us. Uh feel free to get involved in the chat. Uh we're at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh the reason we're at 9 o'clock tonight instead of 8 o'clock tonight is because your boy here had to go practice. I'm sorry. I apologize for the delay, but I had to. I had to go practice. Uh, the the center that I bowled my sport league at, as you all know, they just got a new machine. And, uh, yeah, I they've been tough. We wanted to test out the patterns with the new machine. And they put the patterns out tonight, all three patterns. So I said, you know what? I got to make it. I can't miss out on this. Uh, so I called my boy earlier today and said, yo, we got to push this back an hour. Uh, I actually did not tell Rob that the reason I was pushing it back was to go practice. He probably wouldn't be uh, all that thrilled about that. But uh, Seriously, good, is that the, that was the reason? Yeah, to go yeah, I had to go practice. the The league, the the center, put out all three sport patterns from our league with from the new machine. So I wanted to go. I had to check it out. I had to, uh, you know, test some balls out and things like that. Uh, all right, so you didn't miss much here, Rob. I oh, was real just explaining why we were late. Go ahead. Real quick, hey, this is our first week that we're on YouTube only tonight. Um, we're not streaming on Facebook. Uh, honestly, guys, like we don't ask for much from our viewers. Uh, we, we, you know, we love putting out content, um, but we're really trying to build our YouTube channel. And if you can, man, it's free. Just subscribe, man, please. Like we're just asking for the people to subscribe to our channel. Uh, we'll, we're going to be putting content that normally isn't. <clears throat> Like we're not putting on Facebook, we're not going to upload it in the Twitch. It's going on YouTube only. Uh, I'm, so you know we'll use our Facebook for chatter and for you know anything else that we feel like we use it for. But YouTube is going to be the majority of um, like what we want to uh, use for our video and for our streaming needs. So okay, uh, league report. You didn't miss much here, Rob. League report five seventy seven last night. Okay. Probably threw it better than I have all year. <coughs> Sanded the balls, Rob. Sanded the ball. Surface on everything. 500 surface on some balls. 1,000, 2,000. Uh, 577. That's not Threw bad. it great. Threw it great. Uh, what were my games? Hold on. I got I to gotta look them up. I took the screenshot. Let me see. I want to get it right. 198, 164, 215. Uh, probably should have shot 680. Probably should have shot about 680 last night. Uh, 
It's a lot of pins. Oh, so many pins, bro. So, uh, yo, so many pins left out there. The last game alone, I tweeted it out. People saw. I had a shot to go 268. I went nine out, nine out, the ninth and tenth free for 215. Dude, yo, what's up with your spare shooting, bro? You know, it's funny. It's like if I throw the first shot good, my spare shooting stinks. But if I can't strike, my spare shooting is often phenomenal. And it's very strange. I think honestly, I think it's just a lack of concentration on my part. You know, the ten pin was certainly a lack of concentration. The four pin, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit different. I stuck a little bit, but yeah, not good. Uh, threw away a lot of pins. Uh, the the second game where I shot one sixty, you're not going to believe. I, I mean, I shot one sixty. I started with the first five opens. Wow. Okay. I had I had. I had 55 in the fifth. Okay. So and I shot, I shot almost 170. Bad. All right. I shot almost 170. So I forgot to throw the I forgot how to throw the ball for like five frames. Missed the head okay, so, five frames in a row. So real quick, because I'm gonna cut you off here because Go ahead. I want you to tell the viewers because there's a lot of people that watch our show that maybe aren't familiar bowling on sport shot sport patterns. They bowl their normal house leagues, and you were—you've been struggling for a while on your leagues. And when we had our conversation, what what you were explaining to me sounded like you weren't using enough surface on your bowling balls. That you were getting too much. The ball was going way too long, or it, it either was hooking late or it was hooking early. I told you to put surface on your stuff, right? Which you did. Um, so tell the viewers what putting a five hundred. And or a thousand grit on your ball did to your reaction compared to what you were seeing in the weeks before. Uh yeah, I mean it was night and day, really. It's it's uh slowing the ball down versus the ball speeding up as it goes down the lane is pretty much how I would describe it. Uh with the with the shinier surfaces, the ball kind of seems like it's hydroplaning down the lane. Whereas with the five hundred thousand surfaces <laughs> Uh, yeah, surface doesn't help the spares. You're right about that, Brooklyn Bowling Company. Uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely the, um, the the speed of the ball seems slower. It seems to slow the ball down. The carry was so much better when I hit you know when I hit the pocket. Uh, felt like the ball was going through the pins more. Felt like the ball had a better roll phase uh, down the lane. And we were on the long last night too. So. Yeah, they so, there was some hook out there with the new machine. The pattern definitely had a little more hook than uh, the previous machine seemed to have, but still they were rather tight. And uh, I started with a reality at five hundred and used that for the first two games. Had a real good look, real good look. Probably had the best look in the building if I could have executed better. And then uh, the third game, I went strike flat ten, flat ten, and decided to switch balls to a Zen. With a thousand surface on it, and man, that looked good too. Looked great. You know, so through. here's the thing: is is I kind of want to use this as like a little bit of an education tool for people that are watching. Um, if you are bowling league and you are noticing your ball is hitting the pocket a lot and you're not striking, you're leaving flat tens, you're leaving four pins, four nines. Uh, if you're going through the nose and you're going high and you're leaving splits all the time, you you feel like you're leaving a lot of you see sixes fives you know even you know just sevens and it's just kind of crazy like like weird looking spares 
there's a very good chance that you're using um, you know, the wrong surface on your bowling balls that you might think you have surface. It might be at like a 2,000. Take your ball into the pro shop, have them hit it with a 1,000, buy an Abralon pad, even get a little bit crazy and get to 500, you know, and, and watch your ball will start actually looking completely different of a different reaction than what you've been bowling with. So, dude, all the pros do it. Um, In practice, it was – Mike, you could vouch, right? Yeah. Practice, you see the tour reps – They'll sit behind, watch a bowl, watch a pro, you know, best in the world, and they'll have like a stack of Aberlon pads. And they'll sit there and they'll literally hit the surface of with their hand right there during practice. So if the pros are doing it, then obviously there's something that works. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a good, a, 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 like a lesson to be learned. And I think you rarely see fully polished balls go down the lane at tour events. Oh, and here's another thing, too, that I learned from Bill O'Neill. Um, when I was bowling a tournament, I, I just got a ball off the truck. It was um, one of the good, really good uh, uh, widows. And it, those widows come with this, like, extremely, like, high shine to it, right? And uh, Bill, before he even threw a shot, Bill took it to, you know, 2,000 and then up to 3,000. And I said, Bill, like, why you haven't even thrown the ball? You don't even know what it does. He's like, here's a lesson that I learned early in my in my in my career. The balls that come out of box are used for marketing, like the shine that's put on them are for marketing purposes. So that when the ball is on the shelves, they're they're you know, they look better to the public. He goes, for bowling ball rolling wise, it's very rare that you'd see me throw a ball out of box and not hit it with any kind of pad. So that being said is you don't rarely – you rarely see bowlers these days, especially the pros in the high level that are throwing balls that are out of box shine or actually are shining the ball up. A shine to them is like hitting the ball with a 4,000 pad. They don't polish it. They don't put it in the machine. They don't use any of that polish that they see like on the like shelves at the pro shop. A polished ball to them is a 4,000 grit. Is, am, I, am I wrong in that, Mike? No. No. And, uh, yeah, it was a good suggestion, you know, so uh, really good suggestion. We have a, a question in the chat here, Rob, from Samuel Hamilton asking, what's better matching up with the ball or the lane pattern? So, uh, I mean, I would say it's it, – you, 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 Yeah, your terminology is a little bit off there. I don't think that those things are different. I think that uh, those things go together pretty much all the time. Uh, you know, if you're not matched up with the ball and not playing the right part of the lane – uh, it's it, it's going to be tough, especially bowling on on something challenging. Uh, no question. Another well, comment in the chat. Uh, Team Tate. Stuff like this is what is needed on the PBA, PWBA telecast. Educate the viewers that don't know how or when to change surface. One of the things about the old ABC telecast was the tips of the week. So here's a tip, right? On that purpose, not to get too involved in it, but um, a good a good indicator of how your ball looks is look at the last pin that falls when you throw a shot right if you're hitting the pocket and the, the last pin that falls is a 10 pin or a you know i don't know whatever it is uh you could get uh, you could make adjustments based on the last couple pins that fall when you strike right so a good example which is an obvious one is if you're tripping a four pin right you trip a four pin and you strike, obviously you have to like make an adjustment next shot or else you're probably going to go through the nose. Um, if you – and watch how your ball rolls through the pins. 
Okay. Watch how the pins fall when your ball hits the pins. Those pins tell you a complete story if you have a good reaction or a bad reaction, regardless if you're striking. Okay. The strikes don't tell the story. It's how the pins fall. Okay. That's my tip of the week. You can learn a lot and you can make adjustments if you have a five bagger or six in a row. You could make adjustments still based on how your ball is rolling through the pins. And that's what the high level pros do. We just started a new segment. Rob's tip of the week based Rob's on your league. Of, Rob's tip <laughs> of the week. Based on your league performance. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. So uh, not only did I bowl league last night, again, 577, left a lot out there. Bowled good, though. We got swept. We got swept all three games. I bowl good and we get swept. I shoot 470. We win seven out of nine. It's amazing. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. All right. So let's talk. You bowl the tournament, okay? Let's I did. Get I, besides okay. bowling my league, I also bowled the tournament over the weekend. Top five. Shout, Top five. No. Shout to Greg Tack. Uh, shout to New Jersey Sport Bowling. Uh, he ran another great event. His events are always good. It was a forty-one foot pattern. I forget the other details on it. Uh, it was. It was tricky. It was challenging. Uh, again, I had put surface on all my stuff going into the tournament, so. Uh, had had some good looks. Don't know if I should have played out to start. That's what I did. I played out to start. What and pattern? I, I, it was something he made up. It was a, it was oh. a forty one foot pattern of his oh, God. creation. He's, he's he's like a mad scientist. He is. So they were tough. You know, they were tough. Uh, they were they weren't they weren't tough. Hold on. Let me let me let me restart. They weren't tough because the scores were high, especially for a Greg Tack event. And they were scorable. Guys were shooting 279. Guys were shooting big games. So they were scorable. But you had to be doing the right thing. You had If you weren't doing the right thing, they were like impossible. But if you were doing the right thing, they, they, they got scorable. So I bowled good for about two, two and a half, maybe three of the six games. The other three, and a, three, three and a half games, yeah, terrible. Terrible. Got lost in the middle. Started playing out. Got lost in the track for a couple games. Then got my feet far enough left with again the Zen with a thousand surface on it. And once I got left with that Zen with a thousand surface on it, and it's funny when I when when the ball reaction came to me, my timing came to me. And then because my ball reaction looked good, I started throwing it really good. And when that happened, everything kind of clicked, and I ended up going two forty two teed the last two to get to minus 98 for six, which obviously isn't great. Uh, but I definitely, again, left a lot out there. I mean, my spare shooting was atrocious. I missed a five pin, son. I missed a five pin, son. Get out of here. You didn't tell me that. Pin. Oh, yeah. where's the baby powder, man? I would have been slapping the shit out of you right on the lanes, bro. I missed a – no, that's the UBA. We, we don't we do not do that old sport. I missed a five I, pin. I would have – what, what – Oh, you still deserve to get your fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, terrible, terrible, I like terrible oh. stair shooting, man. Terrible. Dude. Oh, yeah, terrible. Well, you know what to work on. If I would have made every makeable spare that I left at this tournament in six games, I probably would have made the cut. The cut was like plus a few sticks, and I was minus ninety-eight. Like I, I missed at least ten makeable spares in six games at least it might have been 12 13 it might have been more than that uh <laughs> yeah listen it's it brings you back 
it brings you back. It does. Dude, it, good like, to see Dick, man. Hope things are well, bro. I know. Hi, Dick. How's it going? So it brings you back. You know, like throwing a couple good games. It man, brings you're lucky you back. I was a ball when you missed the five pin, bro. Oh, ooh. Bro, I missed a five pin. I missed. I missed a two pin. Okay, so okay, so here's here's the here's the next tip of the week. Uh, Make your single pin spares, okay? Because Mike could have probably bowled a lot better. Spare shooting on sport patterns is key. Um, Anybody could throw strikes, right? But no, not true on sport patterns. But spare shooting is still key. This is why spare shooting is key. Yeah, because because not everybody can throw strikes. Hundred percent. So you better be able to make spares, or you're really going to suffer. You could find there's there's tournaments for the first three games. I had zero reaction, but the reaction that I had wasn't leaving splits. So I was able just to like like try to like grind out like 180 and 190 games, make spares. And then once they transitioned and I felt like I was able to move left and find something that would open up a little bit, then I could throw some strikes and then kind of catch up a little bit. I feel like that usually is my strategy bowling on a sport tournament, a sport pattern. It's just trying to stay clean, double when I can, and find a reaction that's not going to give me like the big four when I go through the nose. That's going to give me maybe a 3-6 or a 6-10, right? So, Okay. Yeah, I felt so, I, I felt a little bit different in this event because, like I said, scores got off to a little bit of a high start. I think I may have been fooled a little bit by the people I was bowling around, starting to bowl, you know starting out well. Sure. Uh, bowled with three guys: one from Harrisburg, one from Long Island, and one from Allentown. All great guys. Uh, <laughs> I love, yo, I love when the first time poster gets in and gets on mic. What did he say? Yo. He said, "This is E Julio Rod, long time viewer, first time posting. Big Mike, love you." But you are full of excuses. What Dude, he's got- what excuse am I making? I said I miss spares. That's not an excuse. That's me admitting Dude. I I miss spares. I was I I'm terrible with my spare shooting. Hey, if you want to hear excuses, listen to his league reviews every week when he talks about oh, the lay machine no was excuses. broke. Dude, no, the- no excuses this week. Lay All machine right. was in good order. The shot was good. I, I five eighty okay. I did actually good man. Too many miss spares. Bad. My spare shooting stinks. Practice session, Dom Hill Friday. What do you think I'm going to be working on? Spare shooting. Yeah, spare shooting, of course. It, you know, man. of course. Dude, get it. All right, man. Well, let's talk. This Here, ain't house it. bowling. This ain't house bowling, uh, Julio Rod, <laughs> where you can throw 10 strikes after missing a spare. You know, we're we're I'm bowling on something real here. So again, shout to Greg Tack and New Jersey Sport Bowling. Shout to the guys that I bowled with. They were good guys. We we had a we had a nice time and some good conversation while we were bowling. One of them made the cut, the other three did not. Rob, I saw one of our one of our old uh, old homies there, uh, Joey Pants, was in the building. Okay, and you know me, you know me. I had to go up and get an interview. Had to go up and get an interview. So we chatted a little bit. We talked a little bit. I put those interviews out on Twitter at the two one fifth on Twitter. If you want to follow me, told him about bowling with the Fef. I don't know if he's going to go on, but I let him know that I called him out on there. he brought up the socks story, Rob. The socks he brought up the socks one. story. I feel like we got to save that for another day because that's yeah? a long okay. story. Yeah, it's a good story, but I feel like I don't. I think that's a story you had to be there for. I don't know if that's a story we want to tell. Like I don't. I don't know. Like because it's not a bowling related story. It's just you being an absolute fucking maniac when you were a kid. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, like, I'll tell the short version. I'll tell, okay, the, short tell version. the short version. Okay. We went to a tournament in Ohio, a bunch of us, with no parents. There were no parents on this trip. Was that the and, trip that we mixed lemonade with beer and we got yeah, all messed up? Yeah. 
that's a story I wish I would have showed. I would have shared with the Fev. That was my first experience hanging out with you. <laughs> Literally mixing lemonade mixed with beer didn't didn't work out for anybody as 16, 17 year olds. This is this is no. We were all we were all over eighteen at that point. Well, I was over. Yeah, but we weren't anyway. twenty. Sure. No, some of us weren't. Some of us were close to twenty one anyway. I know there were a couple people. But all right, we went out to Ohio for a tour. There were no parents there. We go out to eat and Bill O'Neill, Cracker Barrel, Barrel. Okay, it and was the, me, you, Bill, and Paluzic, right? Yeah, and the style, yeah. the style back then for us, for the East Coast guys, was you didn't wear socks that could you could see above your shoes. Okay. No. Like, it was always ankle socks, ankle socks, always. still to this day, ankle socks. You catch me somewhere, I'm going to have ankle socks on, right? So when we went out to Ohio, they had this they had this different style out there, this different swag. And their swag was to wear their socks all the way up their calf, yeah. like like a lot of kids do now, I'll say. A lot, yeah. of the young, a lot of the young bulls do this now. They would wear their socks all the way up their calves, right? So here's the story. We go out to eat at Cracker Barrel, and Bill O'Neill, who is in great shape now, but was chunky, chunky as a chunky monkey back then. Okay? I have pictures to prove it. All right. <laughs> he didn't finish his meal at Cracker Barrel. Shockingly. I know. Shockingly. He didn't finish his meal. <laughs> you finished your meal. Oh, of course I did. So <laughs> I took he took his meal to go, right? And on the way out, he decided that he no longer wanted the meal. So he threw the meal in the trash can. Well, these two kids, our age probably, who happened to be standing outside at the time, made a comment. They made some kind of comment. I forget what it was. I think it was yeah, like, like, like something like, you don't want to eat your leftovers, fatty? Or yeah, like yeah. That. It was something like that. It was like, something oh, like, fat, like fat boy doesn't want his leftovers or something. <laughs> Did you say that? I'm like, you saw and I'm that. like, what? Yo, what did I just hear these dudes say? These like, Ohio kids punking us out. Yo, what? And I said to Bill, I said, yo, Bill, are, are you are you going to say something to them, son? And Bill wasn't. And you know Bill, like, wasn't, Bill wasn't going to say a word. He was just no, going to get it done. So, you know, the we, got the car, the we got in the car. I, I was not going to let this fly. I was I could not let this fly. We got in the car. I pulled up to them. And I'm giving the abbreviated version of the story here, Rob. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want to get locked up. Uh, I don't know if the... I don't know if the uh, statute of limitations has expired on this incident, but <laughs> I pulled up in the car and I basically got out of the car and, and challenged the club. Them and With challenged the club in your head. Yeah, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I basically <laughs> challenged them and said, you know, yo, you want to talk go. to my boy like that? You have something to say, Let's you know? Go. And they they looked at me like I was, I mean, like I was out of my mind. They didn't yeah. even know what to well, say. You Their were jaws were like on the ground. So yeah, I told out of your I said, mind. And I told them, you know, in very stern words, I said, yo, don't don't talk to me or my people that way. And before we left, I told them, you yeah. You rolled down your window. You rolled down your window that I we did. were pulling away. When I was pulling away, and I said, yeah. And nice socks. Nice socks, nice socks we, too. We yeah. fell. I, we were, I was crying. I was laughing. I fell out the car, I think. I was like, I never laughed that hard in my whole life. Because to me, it was a funny, because these kids, they saw a ghost. Literally, when you got out of the car and you were like, all right, it's me against you two. And I'm sitting there like, no, it's you in a club against them two. <laughs> anyway, so Paluzic, you interviewed him during the tournament. No, before. Before. Oh, come on. I would never go up to Joe during a tournament. No, 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 before no, the no, tournament. No, God, yeah. no. Oh, God, no. So <clears> and then asked, he says, nice socks. And I saw that comment. And I just, the only person that would know the meaning behind that story, I'm Bill, who you know is not going to comment on that video. Right. And uh, 
I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he remembered that story. But it's a good one, man. And that's a short abbreviation of, of this one. Um, yeah. And uh, so I interviewed him. I put that out on Twitter for anybody who wants to check it out. And of course, who had to chime in on the, on the, on the tweet? Who had to chime in? Belbo had to Oprah. chime in. He had to chime Oprah. in. So then I got into a conversation with Belbo and got Belbo Oprah. Uh, on you Twitter for a while. We've all been Belmo and Oprah. Yeah. So uh, basically I was saying match. Match between Belmo and Joey Pants. You know, let's set it up. You Here's know. my thing is I don't I don't want to see that match on, you know, look, I like Dougie Vision, right? But I don't want to see that match on Dougie Vision, okay? I want to see that match for a PBA title, a major even, right? For 100 250k Joey Pants versus Jason Belmonte, and I would love to to see because they legitimately don't like each other. Okay, it's obvious that's always been Paluzic would wear his no. You think it's no obvious? Team. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, the kid wears the kid wears pants. <laughs> he wears kid, pants and a shirt with a crutch. The one arm is a crutch. <laughs> it's a crutch, like crutch arm. I mean, come on, you Dude. think? But here's the thing is, like, the one thing that I disagree and I agree with you in Belmo was kind of coming in, I think, the PC, like, Belmo, right? Like, oh, we're, you know, th- this is not the way it should be. We're all friends. And and you're sitting there like, no, dude, like, we need to see some, like, hatred. We need to see some guys actually not like each other. To And I agree, man. The rate, look, sports in general, heated, hated rivalries are always going to bring in more viewership and ratings. Okay, we've had this conversation. We've talked about this for fucking two and a half years since we've been doing this podcast. Red Sox, Yankees, you know, Steelers, Browns, you know, I mean, like eat like Philly, anybody, right? Like, I mean, it's always in like a heated rivalries, but dude, like think about when the Red Sox, Yankees are a perfect example of sports when people like teams hate each other. Dude, they legitimately hate each other at one point, and it was must see TV when they played each other. Yeah, I, Rob, I agree. Uh, you know, and like bowling I said, needs I, that. I said, I said my that. piece on Twitter. You know, like so, we, uh, Belbo and I, and and you know, I I I got much love for Belbo, but you know, we disagree on a lot of things. I mean, it's just the sure. way it is. And and in this instance, I was saying that I would love to see more, uh, you know, uh, genuine back and forth between the players, and even if they're friends, save the handshakes and the hugs for when the cameras go off. Right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. He disagrees. Dude, I get it. Speaking of disagreements, and uh, the PWBA had some, uh, and I feel I feel like it's a good transition to talk about that drama because drama drama. Because we're gonna talk about that now. We're gonna save the. Um, it's always the over the story. same thing, though. It's lame. It's always over the same thing. It's always so, like, over the, the purple hammer. It's lame. But here's the thing: is well, all right. Let, let's talk about the tournament first. I, I do not want to do the tournament a disservice. By okay. talking about this controversy first, let's talk yeah, about let's, the tournament first because okay. neither you nor I uh, think that anything should be taken away from anyone because of the bowling ball they use. No, right? No. Okay. No. So let's talk fight. about the tournament first. Congratulations to Shannon Polhowski, uh, winner of the PWBA Tour Championship. All right, beats Brianna Cote uh, two forty four to one seventy eight in the in the championship match fifty k. 50K for that, Rob. Uh, 289, 289 the game before. 
front ten. Rob, how good is she, yo? How long how long have we watched her be great? Right? And out of okay. all the bowlers I, I can think of, honestly, out of all the bowlers I can think of, and we talk about this a lot on here about how people's games change and transition. I have to say, her game, the way she throws it today, in my head, is the same exact way she threw it when she was 15 and I saw her for the first time at Junior Gold. 1999, or is it 98, 98. Junior Gold in Orlando, Florida. That oh, was no, the, that was 99. That was that the was second 99. one. Yeah, that was when the second You saw one. her in Reno in 98? Yep, is that 98, when you first yep. saw her? I first saw her in 99, and I was just like, who is this girl that is just absolutely running them over right now? Um, and that is the first time I saw her bowl. I watched her whole career in Nebraska because we were in the same age area, yep. right, of um, her bowling for Nebraska. I think she came in maybe a year a year after me she came in Nebraska. And I, wa- and I put this on Twitter. I've watched that girl throw – so many strikes under pressure in the national in that national like title games um that it's sick she's so good um that when the P- pwba tour went under and i know this got with some chatter it really did her a huge disservice cuz i feel like like uh, kelly kulik and we've talked about that a lot i feel like shannon would have had uh, 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 so many freaking titles and majors that, you know, it was just tough, you know. Um, and, you know, I've known Shannon. She's a, a really sweet girl. Like, she's very quiet. She's not very outspoken. Um, and I was really happy for her to see her win and how she won convincingly. She averaged 266, Mike. Sick. She's a killer. She's a serial killer. She's a she left-handed is. serial killer. You know, she 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 eats female bowlers like it's part of a complete breakfast. Okay, like she she kills people. She's a killer out there. Seriously, like it's impressive. It really is. It's impressive. And I enjoy watching her compete, even though, like you said, it's not the flashiest. Right. You're never you're never going to get a flashy performance out of her. Right. But man, like repetition, making good shots, you know, just executing under pressure. Uh Check, check, check. So uh, kudos to her, man. She bowled great. Uh, just to run down the stepladder here, Rob. Stephanie Zavala. Okay. Great, great year. Nine, yo, she bowled a 90-something. Now, somebody, somebody said that it was because of a, wait, a, a late wake-up call. Okay. Oh, totally no. understandable. Totally understandable. But I have to say, when I looked at her score, there were no zeros for no, Frank. Maybe she missed practice, so but still she probably missed practice, right? Or missed still most no. of practice. And yeah, listen, that's a that's a very tough position to be in, Rob, especially for these bowlers, because bowlers on the PWA, PBA level, you and I both know their practice to them means twenty minutes plus, right? It's not five minutes or a few shots on each lane. It usually means twenty minutes plus. So but, but usually the pros are there like an hour early, hour and a half early. They're getting their balls together. They're getting their surfaces. They're talking to their tour reps. I mean, but our major too, they're they're doing a lot of preparation work before they bowl and before they practice. So if you sleep in and you miss it, um, you are running there and you are putting your hand in the ball. And 
all those games, the, the, those ladies bowled, your hand is not going to feel right. You're trying to get the right fit. Your hand's swollen. You're trying to figure stuff out. It's not a, a it's a we all we, to be we all had that experience at a JBT or two where you were running late, had to run in, practice was wrapping up, had to go right out. Yo, you know. so true story. I bowled a 300 in league once with no practice. I walked on the lane like no shots, literally had no idea, just went to 20 and just started striking and bowled 300. But I've had other instances in JBT where I came in at the fourth frame and bowled 120, right? Because you had no practice. So um. Okay, so just to recap, Stephanie Zavala, despite that game, Rob, makes makes the step ladder. Makes a run and makes the step ladder well, after bowling. Crushed them the next six. like she uh, crushed him the next like 10 games. This girl is like superwoman. Uh yeah. she defeats Shannon O'Keefe in the first match. Okay. Diana Zabjalova then defeats Stephanie Zavala. Okay. Okay. I, I can't I can't I can't stop myself here, Mike. It's, it's gonna I'm gonna say it. Dude, what's up with her hair, bro? Like, dude. Like nah, no it. good, no good. You're not feeling it. Come on. Like, I, I like her style. She's always got different styles. She's very unique. I, I dig that. But, yo, I'm sorry, Diana. Yo, you got to get rid of this hair. Like, you got to, like, go back to one of your other styles, man. This is not – it's it's terrible. All right, I'm done. I feel a lot better now, Mike. No doubt. Okay. All right. Okay. No comment. No comment for me. I'm not one to, to comment on people's appearances. You know, do whatever you like want the is hair. the way I look Mike, I it. didn't like the hair, Mike. I'm sorry. Speaking of like hair, it. yo, people thought I was bald, Rob. People thought well, I was bald. You go for the Uncle Fester Somebody on Twitter, when I put the video out for the tournament over the weekend, they were like, hey, you have hair. Because I wear a hat every week yeah. here, and I don't bowl with a hat on ever. Yeah. Maybe and they were trying to say, go for the Uncle Fester look. Yes, I do have hair. Okay? My haircut is actually quite dope. Okay? It's the tight fade, man. The tight fade. Thank you to Donna at Ralph's Barbershop. And <laughs> also, let me say that if I was bald, Okay, if I was bald, I would definitely be Tommy Jones bald and not Mike Scroggins bald. Agreed. 100%. Just to be clear. Okay, I'm just 100%. putting that out there. All right. So, 100%. Rob, that was pretty much the whole stepladder. You know, uh, Zabjalova gets to Pulaski. Pulaski beats her with 289, obviously. Runs right? him over. Runs yeah. him over. No chance. And then Pulaski defeats Brianna Cote in an easy match 240 to 178, 50 grand. Uh, can we get to the drama, please? Can we get to what? I want to get to the drama. I want to get to the good stuff. All right. Well, the, the last thing that I have to say is the PWBA player of the year system is ridiculous. I mean, what what are they doing over there? What planet is that? Are they? Like, what are they doing over there? Yeah, Come I on. don't know. Um, based yeah, on points whatever the and... point system was, you know. It, it 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 heavily it gives points for middle of the pack finishes, you know, top middle of the pack finishes. No, come on, no, you know, no, Rob, I didn't agree. I didn't Stephanie know. Zavala probably should have been the bowler of the year. Probably, I said that, and then we were talking about that, and you know, everybody jumped down our throats. Oh, this is not how it's done. The P, the PWBA does a voting and and all kinds of shit. Like that was that was news to me. Do you want Nico, to Nico contest? in the chat, no, Nico. Saying, do you want it to be a popularity contest? No, no Nico, come on, you know right. that. But but I think I think implying that it's a popularity contest is a bit of a stretch, number one. Number two, I'm okay with a point system. I'm just saying give value to what should really be valued. Does that make sense? 
titles, majors. These are the things that should be valued. You know, uh, yeah, the person who, finish, right? Don't yeah, the person who wins those the most should should win that award. Yeah, people showing up every week, like, you know what I mean? Look, like I I get like you should bowl every tournament to win or mostly every tournament, but if you have three three titles, a major, whatever it is, like. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, they, they need to reevaluate that. Nico asking if Julia Bond should have been in a run. Yes, yes, of course. You know, uh, great, yeah. great point. Fair point. Okay, I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, Rob, go ahead. Let's get to your controversy. You want to get to. so Tom Doherty posted something on his Facebook page, and I'm going to go quick on this. Um, a uh, regards to the Purple Hammer. Okay, because the Purple Hammer had ten in a row. And nobody else could even match that or whatever it was. I think he said no one could double. <laughs> no one could double. And the Purple Hammer is giving 10 in a row, whatever. So Diana responded, hashtag lefty. Okay. Got a little bit of little bit of momentum. Okay. What are you trying to imply here? Oh, that she was a lefty and she had 10 in a row. Okay. Daria then, Pychak, who's been on the show. Great guest. Check out our archives if you want to get that interview. Um don't forget to mention the purple hammer was bold on the other side with a like kissy emoji. Okay. So this wasn't really a big deal until Erin McCarthy. Okay. Who's also a PWBA bowler in her own right. She's a fantastic bowler, been on TV a lot. Um, puts up a post and it's a very long Facebook post. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole post, um, but pretty much, saying that the PWBA bowlers that she's calling out some of the women who are part of the PWBA. Yes, the ball she used has been thrown many times, but by many players for titles. And yes, there are many times when it's, you know, advantageous to be on the left side. However, there are times it's not shame on those for trying to discount or justify why she, why she outbowled and outscored her opponents on that telecast. And then she went on another paragraphs about blah 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 those should be teaching young young people and how to respect their all kinds of like on her high horse okay let me tell you something okay i posted this on twitter but i never really gave any feedback of how i felt about this whole situation i love the back and forth i love it erin mccarthy needs to chill out okay bottom line okay diana and daria first off there's nothing wrong with a little bit of rivalry of them like saying, well, yeah, well, you guys were, They're you're joking. a lefty. They were kidding. They're I joking. know, I, I know Daria for a little bit. Like I, Diana, they're not like, they're not toxic people that are looking to insult or put down like Shannon. They're at the also, they can. Okay? They're also people that are, that are, you know, ultra into their social media presence. And like, you're not going to go make a comment like that that you know is going to start a firestorm in a serious way. Like, come on. Dude, Erin needs to, like, chill out, okay? She made a little – she made a probably joking comments into this big ordeal, a big, long, serious Facebook post. And then everybody, of course, you know how it goes on social media. Everybody's jumping on the Aaron wagon, right? Well, they shouldn't be doing this. Everyone's offended, Cancel culture is out. Oh my God, please do all this and all this. Cancel Daria and Diana. That's terrible. And and I'm sitting back going, chill the fuck out, people. Like they were joking. It wasn't a big deal. Aaron makes this big comment post 
like she's like this like so like 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 church girl okay that has never done anything wrong and everybody needs to you know hold hands and sing kumbaya all right aaron look if you're listening or you get this or someone tells you relax calm down take a deep breath now do i think there's smoke behind the fire do i think that aaron maybe has some problems with maybe diana and daria prior to this i don't think you make a post like that if you don't have a problem with them before maybe something that you are maybe jealous or they did something to piss Aaron off prior to that Facebook post. No doubt in my mind, Mike, I'm speculating here, but am I, I was going to say, say you're yo, you're yo, you're speculating like a speculator tonight. What do you think though? Am I wrong though? Am I wrong that the fact that I'm not going to make that post if they, if I wasn't trying to start shit and piss people off to get them to be angry at them. Right. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think it, I think it could have just been misinterpreted because it's social media and tone is tough. Uh, you know, uh, but I, I will say that, like you said, is, is you know where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, and you know, let's be clear, Rob. Here, here's why some people are probably sensitive about any kind of comment related to. The the well, I mean the lefty thing always, right? Always, but the purple hammer too, because that because that's what this is really about, right? It's really oh, about the purple the hammer, cheater ball, right? The cheater, the cheater ball. ball. It's really about the fact that the people who can't use it are at disadvantage, are are, are pissed off because they can't use it, and the people that can use it love it and use it whenever they can, and. I don't know, man. I'm I, honestly, I'm I'm a little tired of of the bitching and complaining. I am. Suck it up. That's what I say. You know, no one was complaining when uh when when one company's balls hooked uh, an arrow more than every other company's balls for ten years. Nobody was. Nobody said, "Oh, let's look into why this ball does this and others don't." You know, no, no one really said, "Look into that." We hey, got into the issues the with block. the hardness and all that. We we've, we've talked about all of it, right? I Did understand. Mike Storm has a pitch black, a pitch purple, a a, a fast pitch, uh, three. They have like five urethane balls that these people could have chose to use. Right now, if if you have a, a great look with the purple hammer on the left side, and you're the only lefty bowling on the show, is that an advantage? Oh, a thousand percent advantage, right? But don't blame Shannon for for taking advantage of an advantage, right? That's what. Sports is right. If the NF, if the if you're playing in the NFL and you're able to read, you know the other signal calls and you're able to get plays early, that's an advantage. You're gonna take advantage of it, right? That's not Shannon's fault. Don't bust Shannon's balls. She's awesome. She bowled what she had and she fucking ran away with it. Now, if I was bowling against Shannon, would I have been pissed? Hundred percent. I made the, a major show, and I have to bowl against the lefty using a purple hammer on the on the uh, up five. It's going to hammer me. Oh, you're going to be pissed as hell. But I mean, look, like that's the way it goes. You're going to deal with it, right? Rob Nico was asking if uh, we had a chance yeah. to read Daria's reply. Yeah, it's I all did like not. PR what? stuff. It's okay. just like she apologized that the shit was taken out of context. Whatever. Um, I don't know the exact post. Look, Nico. Like people- Nico also asking if. Uh, we have any thoughts on, on why the, the right side got trashed during the show? I mean, I watched the show pretty closely, Nico. Uh, 
my thought in, in a word would be carry down. Uh, they seem to get real tight down the lane for the for which the righties. Is, which and, is standard on a show for righties when there's four righties and one lefty. That's standard, right? I mean, there's always just transition on the TV show, right? Yeah. The lights between the lights and the traffic and the practice. Just wait till the women are bowling two handed. That's going to be even worse of a transition. These women are going to have to deal with. Yeah, you also had a lot of traffic at different points in the lane. Like Stephanie Zavala was playing deep and in and hooking the whole oh, lane. And, the, yeah, and Zavjalova was hooking it but playing a, playing a straight angle through the front part of the lane. And then Shannon O'Keefe was track area and straight through the front part of the lane. So, Dude, I agree, Matt, 100%. It's her first title since 06, okay? Let it go, you know? But on the other hand, I kind of feel like Diana and Daria were – we're kind of just poking fun how, like, I would poke fun at my friends who were lefties, and they would bowl great, and I'd be like, oh, left side's walled. Oh, you're using a purple hammer? You know? So if they if, if if that's the serious feeling about, like, how they feel with the left side and the purple hammers, are they discrediting Buttriff and Svensson's career? Because that was my point. Like, because that's all they've done for the past, God, how many years, Mike? When you know just dominating with purple hammers or, or or pitch blacks playing up five, like look like yeah when they have it they have it and it's tough to beat them, but guess what? People are beating them every week. It, you know it's, it goes back and forth. Anyway, Fair I enough. love the drama, Mike. Um, uh, yeah. Oh wait, Lucas. Thank thank Lucas is actually on the same page as something is is us, Mike. Bowlers are so afraid to have a hot take. And offend someone. Bowling needs more drama. Dude, it's not just bowling, Lucas. It's the world right now. Everybody's afraid to offend anybody because of we all know what happens, right? Cancel culture and, you know, oh, my God. You know, for a generation that grew up on South Park, Mike, I don't know what really happened. Anyway, that being said, let's get back to bowling. Um, you, we want So we're going to give you guys some more drama. All right, Mike, we got an interesting story that – we're going to share for the people. Um, and I, do you want to break it down for them a little bit? Or you want me to play the video? And uh, do you want to, like, give them some context of, like, No, I think I'll – yeah, I'll give some context and introduce it. So a few weeks ago we got an email from a, a, a guy named uh, Adam Shulkin who's from the, uh, like, Baltimore area, Maryland area. And basically he reached out to us because he had a story to tell that involved – some negative experiences that he had uh, as a as a bowler uh, at Bolero. So Rob and I decided to bring him on the show, but we we did it in a we we recorded the interview outside of our live show. Okay, uh, we then reached out to Bolero, okay, uh, to give them an opportunity to respond. Uh, we told them what was covered in the interview. Uh, we gave them a rundown of things, and you know, we told them if you if you guys want to respond in any way, let us know, and we will share that response. Rob, do you want to share that now or after the video? No, let's show it after because I have the email. I'll read it. Okay, they have it queued up. Um, so, so Bolero did get to, back to us. They did respond. They did. Uh, they did respond quickly too. Yeah, we'll share we'll share that response and. You know, I guess one thing I, I, I want to say is that, it, again, this is just a story that came across our uh, our purview, and uh, we're sharing it with you guys. You know, we made the decision to share it with you guys. You guys can uh, can watch it. 
you can make your so, own judgments about it. Right, right now we're going to show a short clip from the interview. Okay, about five, we're going to show about six minutes of the interview, and then another two minutes when he talks about Coley. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to upload the full interview to our YouTube channel, so you guys could watch the full episode. It's like a 25 to 30 minute of us talking before it and post, like we were doing a, a like a good interview. And I want everybody to judge for themselves what they think of the story. Because uh, it's interesting because I had some mixed feelings about it. Um, I'm not completely on Adam's side, but I'm not completely on Bolero's side either. Um, so it's interesting. And I like to hear people's comments and feedback on the story. Um, and after I post it, I will post our you know show tonight on YouTube. I'm going to post the interview tonight on YouTube as well. And I want people to email us at sweeptherack at Gmail. Let us know what you think once you guys watch the interview. So I'm going to just show you bits and pieces of it right now. Um, Lucas wants to know if we're turning into 60 minutes. Maybe. I mean, if that, you know, look. 60 minutes is all about speculation, I guess. Yeah. So, um, okay. Can you guys see that? Is it up there? Okay. So I'm going to play right now and then uh, we'll let you guys for about five minutes. uh, And then I'm going to fast forward. So here we go. I can't hear it, Rob. I don't know if they could. Oh, you can't hear it? Um, let me try something here. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Sorry. Let me uh, – I got to pull this back up now. Damn it's it. Okay. I X'd it out. Everybody okay. knows we're not technical experts around here, bro. I'm trying to be. Oh, uh, where are we? Two, 257. Okay. Let me see if I could pull this up now again. Let me, I'm going to play it real quick. Let me know if you could hear it again. Can you hear that? No. Not You're not hearing that? Nope. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm all uh, fucked up. Uh, people are giving you a hard time in the chat, son. Brooklyn IT Rob. I love it. Dude, it's because there's only one person that's going to be doing the IT part of it. So uh, if it's I, – I feel like maybe we just post this on YouTube um, and let people watch it, honestly, and then get back to us. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, you know, we should, we should probably give a uh, – at least a short synopsis. I mean, it's about it's about uh, customer service, right? Yeah, it's bas- basically the gist of it, anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I could figure out what ends up happening. Is Adam is kind of going back and forth between Bolero trying to get some problems like judged, <laughs> like problems like solved, right? Resolved. Um, okay, look, give me a minute, Mike. Talk about something else, Mike. I don't talk about your league while I figure this out. No, we. Well, I, I, well, I could talk about my practice session tonight. Practice session went good. <laughs> talk about something else while pra- practice out. session went good. I got to try out uh, 
it's it, you know it stinks because like you go to league and whether you're struggling or bowling good, you're competing. So you know you're kind of you have your ideas about what you want to use or not use. So it's nice to be able to go in. And uh, now I can hear it. Now I can okay, hear that. Perfect. We're we're rolling now. We got this. So so yeah, but it was nice to be able to go in and experiment. Experimentation is important. Okay, Mike, you ready? I got it. Okay. Leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, but, you know, tonight uh, we we got contacted uh, by a guy named Adam Shulkin, and uh, we're going to bring him on in a minute here. And, uh, Rob, he has had a really uh, terrible experience with Bolero in terms of their customer service. Uh, so he reached out to us, and, and we've had some conversations with him uh, off the air. And uh, we want to let everybody know he did provide us with some emails and, and things of that nature to kind of verify some of the things that uh, we talked about or that he he ha- he told us about his experience. Uh, so, you know, we wanted to bring him on and we wanted to have him uh, kind of give us the rundown of his experience and, and what happened here and how things have gone and how he's followed up with Bolero. Uh, so, Rob, let's uh, let's bring him on and welcome him to Sweep the Rack. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome to Sweep the Rack, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So to start, I'm going to I'm gonna briefly summarize up to a certain point, you know, your experience that you and I discussed uh, uh, previously. So you were, about five years ago, you were a relatively new bowler. And you decided you were bowling on a regular basis at a privately owned center. And you had, you know, you had a group of people that were coming with you. This group started to grow, and the privately owned center approached you and said, "Hey, why don't you start a league? We can give you a better rate. You know, it can." Uh, you it, can- back then, it was an AM- I apologize, it was an AMF center. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, um, was it privately owned though? Because some AMF centers were privately owned at that time, or was it an AMF corporate center? It's an AMF corporate center. Okay. So, bowling in an AMF corporate center, the management there approaches you and says, hey, why don't you start a league? You know, you can run the league. We'll teach you how to do it. We'll show you what you have to do, and you guys will get a better rate. You know, you can grow it if you want. We can give out prizes, et cetera. Do I have it right so far? Yes. Okay. So uh, eventually, uh, that center gets purchased by Bolero, right? We're, and we're all aware of that, of that deal that went down. Uh, when that purchase happens and when Bolero took over, uh, if I remember correctly, they made some changes in management to the center that you were bowling in, and pretty much uh, in in you know coinciding with those changes in management, uh, things started to not run so well from your perspective in terms of a person running a league, where there were mistakes with the standings, there were mistakes with some of the clerical aspects of the league, and your concern was mainly that uh, mistakes were going to be made that were going to lead to. Uh, mistakes and prizes for people, and that was then going to fall on you as the representative who was running the league. Uh, and at that point, you reached out to Bolero to try and rectify these issues. Do I have it correct up to this point? Yes. Okay. So, again, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, when you reached out to Bolero, you ended up eventually dealing with one of their high level executives, right? And correct. Your, your experience uh, there started out. Uh, very negatively. So why don't we why don't we kind of start there and let you take over? 
So at that point in time, I reached out to the vice president of operations, Larry Ross, and I reached out to him because I had already been through the district manager and the same issues were repeating themselves each week. So clearly they weren't getting fixed. Um, when I reached out to Larry, the very first comments I heard when he picked up the phone was, Adam, you're more trouble than you're worth. And he literally just cursed at me and told me to lose his phone number and he hung up. I couldn't believe the level of disrespect that I got at that time. So I honestly had no idea what to do. I had bowlers that were being affected by this. I had standings that were wrong. There was no support, clearly, all the way up to the top, in my opinion. Um, I had bowlers that leagues, their league cards were not being honored. They were being, you know, they were being turned away. Um, there are certain things that I just can't do. I can't go into an office and do the things that need to be done inside the inside the bowling alley. Um, those are things that, you know, for lack of a better term, they just need to figure out how to do. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be understanding and willing to work with people, but there comes a point in time where it's got to be done right. Um, and it just didn't seem to be happening. So after that conversation with Larry, I tried reaching out to other people at the corporate level and it, I was just dismissed. Basically. I then, I then actually and you started were, and you were, just to clarify, you were, you know, you weren't, you were kind of taken aback by the way you were treated by him, by him. In oh, your I couldn't believe the level of disrespect that came from a, any sort of someone in service. It was, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it was one of those things where your jaw pretty much just is, by the time your jaw comes back up because you're speechless, you know, you don't even know what to say. He's already hung up on you. Um, so at that point in time, I tried reaching out to others in the organization. I got really no support, nothing. Eventually, it, and it happened to be that summer where I had actually started bowling in a privately owned center because um, I had moved my area for work. So I was actually, instead of in uh, Baltimore County at the time, I was now in Crofton. So I actually started bowling in, in Crofton that summer. Um, and I planned to at least go back to that center with a lot of the people that I knew, the AMF house back then, for the fall season. I received a letter over the summer telling me I had been banned. Um, and if you put two and two together, it probably had to do with Larry Ross would be my assumption. Um, Mike, we're gonna um put on I'm skipping right now to right here. What what are they gonna do? Ban me? Um, yeah, the only the only thing I don't understand about it is that, you know, if I were you, I, I certainly wouldn't want to uh see any business or you know, see as little business remain with their centers as I possibly could. So like to be trying to work out issues on behalf of the bowlers with Bolero who who ban you, you know, I just would have told these bowlers, listen, my advice to you is to find a privately owned center to bowl in. And I know there's, you know, like we discussed, that there's not really uh, many privately owned centers in the not area in our that state. we're They'd have to drive. Yeah. So they'd right. have to drive a lengthy distance. And I'm in the state of Maryland. It would be a lot to ask a, a lot of them to travel that far, although some of them are doing it now because they're just that ups. They just don't want to be there anymore. Um, but so again... Adam, sorry to cut you off. I have a question. Um, yeah, so sure. You, so you've been reaching out to Coley, and you mm -hmm. said you – so were, were you ever in 
a- able to actually get in touch with her? Did you have conversations with her? Like, what, yeah, was, so what was that? I had a conversation with Kali last, I think it was last summer or early fall. And basically where I left the conversation with Kali is, even if you were to allow me to come back in your centers, I don't, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. What I'd like to do is when people reach out to me, I would like to give you a chance to, to talk with them and see if any of these relationships can be mended is really where I left it with her. And then I said, all I ask in return is that I'll send you an email saying, hey, you know, somebody's reached out to me. Do you mind if I pass your contact info along to them? And all I ask in return is that you respond to that email. For the last year, she did that. And then all of a sudden, this Bowl America purchase occurred. And they shut down that center and clearly aggravated a lot of people in this region. Um, and that's when she dropped off the face of the earth on me. And I wasn't able to reach her for lengthy period of time. And then all of a sudden, I received a letter from Bolero threatening threatening me um, with harassment charges. And and reminding you, because Rob and I have seen that email, uh, not only was the, did the letter mention harassment charges, I, th- I believe in the state of New York where Bolero is based, but uh, it also reminded you that you were banned from their centers. Uh, Which was kind of pointless because I've been banned for five years, so I don't really see the why that's relevant but you know right and to your knowledge that that correspondence was sent from uh somebody involved with bolero's legal team am i correct it was Mm -hmm. okay mike can you hear me i mean he has it he has an interesting story so the full interview will get posted um, in regards to uh, like, do you want to watch the full interview? It was about a 25 to 28 minute interview. Um, but so we reached out to Bolero after this interview and the email was more to Bolero like, hey, we just want to get your side of the story here because there were some things that Adam was saying or emailing that kind of didn't add up a little bit on at least my point of view on his story. Um and I wanted to get Bolero's feedback. And, uh, you know, we reached out and Bolero gave us a comment uh, to, you know, respond to Adam's critique of Bolero. Because I told Bolero that, look, his story, we're going to share it on our, you know, platform. And it does not put Bolero in the best spotlight, right? When it comes to customer service, when it comes to a lot of things, right? So like helping league bowlers. And then so Bolero... Uh, reached out and then this was Bolero's uh, response. Um, In 2017, we notified Mr. Shulkin he would be denied access to our bowling centers due in part to his conduct and communication with others. Our actions were taken to ensure our bowling centers remain a safe and enjoyable place of entertainment for our guests and staff. For the past four years since then, Mr. Shulkin has attempted to reach out to us nearly a hundred times. We turn, we in turn have responded to Mr. Shulkin. At this juncture, we hold steadfast in our decision to restrict Mr. Shulkin's access in order to protect the interests of our guests and staff. We have instructed Mr. Shulkin to cease further communication with us, and we we reserve all our rights under law to address this matter as the need arises. Thank you. 
Mike, you're on mute. What does that sound like to you, Rob? It sounds like Mr. Shulkin was very, very persistent with Bolero um, to the point where Bolero just kind of had enough of him and was just like, dude, he reached out over a hundred times. Um, and <laughs> over Mike, four I mean, years, though. Over four years, though. It's true. I mean, but he was banned. He was banned five years ago. He was banned a while back. There was some. Parts of his story that didn't make sense or didn't to add me, up to it me. It sounds like they're trying to uh, insinuate that he's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, because he he they didn't want him to be around that their guests for safe. Uh, what did they say exactly? Yeah, um, uh, reached out to nearly a uh, hundred times to ensure bowling centers remain a safe, enjoyable place for entertainment for our guests and staffs. So they they thought that he was dangerous. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, and. There, the one thing that didn't add up didn't add up to me or, or didn't add, make sense is the fact where this Larry guy gets on the phone and like curses him out instantly. Um, look, like that just doesn't happen a lot. I, I don't necessarily think that's what the story was. I think there was more of a history there that we don't know about. That's maybe the reason why this guy cursed him out, but. Mike, I, I like to still get, though, not I, appropriate. Not appropriate. It's not appropriate by Bolero for anybody in the high executive and customer service. Look, I, I'm in the customer service industry. That's what I do. Um, so Bolero probably could have definitely took care of this by just communicating with him and opening up the lines of communication with him early. Uh, and we talk about that during this episode or interview about how like probably Bolero could have probably nipped this in the bud years ago. If they've actually would have like listened to Adam and had somebody want to like address his issues and like resolve it. Look, we don't know the full story. This is kind of why I, I, you know, these jurors and judges have hard jobs, right? Because they, yeah, well, this is why, this is why we decided to hand, you know, to uh, present it in this way, right? So the people can go watch it, draw your own conclusions about it, you know, reach out to us. Uh, you know, and really, week we'll I would like to hear. I would like to hear if there's other people out there that have similar experiences. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the key. And we, you know, we po- we were on that point multiple times during the interview with Mike, uh, especially the post inter- the post discussion after the interview. Like, I think we would love to hear people's experiences with Bolero's customer service if they ran leagues. If they've had issues with Bolero, with you know, or if they've had great customer service, like right. if Bolero's taking care of them when they've called, as you know, I'd like to get both sides of the story here because you know we listen to Adam's interview and it's so easy to kind of pile on Bolero, um, but you know I definitely want to get all kinds of s- stories and talk to more people before we, you know, kind of make a judgment. I guess. Yeah, my big thing there, and I said it in the interview. You played this part was that. Uh, you know, like why after they ban you, why why try and help them out? That's what I didn't understand. Like, why not just walk away and tell these people who are calling you, yo, find another center to bowl in? You know, I mean, I'm sorry. That's what I would have told them, yo, I'm sorry. Like, the place is terrible. They banned me. I have nothing to do with it anymore. Find another center to bowl in. I mean, I understand his perspective about, you know, wanting to help people and whatnot. But, you know, again, like, that's why we decided to present it in the way that we did. Uh, all right, Rob. It's everybody's favorite time of the week. No graphic? 
All right, I was going to say, I was going to say, where's the graphic? What do you mean? I might, I might be on delay right now, maybe. I'm, yeah, I'm I didn't having all see kinds it. Of, I've kind of had all sorts of uh, IT problems, it looks like, tonight. All right, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. I, I'm going to give it to you first. All right. Based on my tournament experience this weekend, uh, and my, my uh, running into Joey Pants and uh, the interview with Joey Pants and all that, uh, I'm going to uh, use a worst of the week from James Conway. Okay, James Conway. This is from the U.S. Obviously, it's from the USBC Bowlers Discussion Forum, the biggest trash can on the bowling internet. And this post is by James Conway. And it, I have to describe. I have to get descriptive here. It has a post of an older picture of an older gentleman. Okay, this older gentleman has on a purple roto grip shirt. <laughs> with with white and gray squares all over the shirt, right? Kind of looks like a Matrix-type design, okay? Then he has on some semi-matching purple pants, okay? So I hope you have that image in your head. And the poster, James Conway, says, Joey Pants, this one is for you. Hello from Millsboro Lanes. So did someone dress up as Joey Pants for Halloween? Is that a Halloween costume or is that actually how he's bowling? I don't believe it was a Halloween costume. I believe that it was, you know, I, I'm going to assume it was this guy just showing up wearing his, you know, living his best life and wearing his best regalia. <laughs> living his and, best life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but listen, here's why I make it worse to the week. We really don't need anybody encouraging or imitating Joey Pants. I'm just saying. I hear you. That's a good one. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um, okay. So my worst of the week, and this is the first time, Mike. <laughs> Rob, Rob, look at this comment. Yeah, look at that. this comment. Yo, so Fred Fred in the chat. Fred Fred in the chat says, if Bolero is so concerned for our safety, maybe they should try cleaning up, cleaning up once in a while, clean the approaches, <laughs> yo. Yo, Fred, Fred, I, I applaud that, yo. Seriously. Oh, my That's goodness. All right, go ahead, Rob. Sorry. So this will be the first time in the history of Worst of the Week. Oh, we got a first. We got a first. We got a first. We got a first. That I will be giving myself. <gasps> I, I am awarding myself Worst of the Week. Okay? <laughs> yes. Because I saw a post on the USBC discussion forum, which, by the way, I'm still on there, baby. I got eyes all over the place. I'm still reading it, Tim Buck. If you see me, I'm still coming for you, buddy. Don't worry. I got eyes all over the place. I got ears all over the place. This is not over. War is still on. It's just I'm slowly, strategically planning my attack, Mike. We're running the long you know, con here. It's going to be the long. It's like me playing chess, Mike. Tim Buck plays checkers. I play chess. Um, so anyway, this was from Amy Ross. She wrote, so how many of you have forgotten your bowling equipment um, without realizing it? Um, so, you know, she talks about the post about how she forgot her rolling bag, uh, you know, before she got to league. So she left it at home. She went to bowl league and her bowling balls were in her car. OK, that's not the worst of the week. That got me thinking of the time, Mike, that I actually left my bowling bag, a triple roller, in the parking lot of my league, okay? And I have a picture because what happened was – let me share it. 
So I got a, a picture from my friend. I woke up to it 4 a.m. And this is from my Instagram. Follow me, Brooklyn Rob 11, saying that, did you leave your bag in the parking lot? And I'm like, well, it looks like my bag. This was years ago. So I was bowling a league. It was late. We got done late. I literally took my bag to my car, okay, put it by the trunk to put the bag in the trunk. I got distracted. I started talking to someone in the parking lot, probably about how I like completely like bowled awesome. And I literally went in my car and drove away with my bowling bag still in the parking lot. The, the cleaning people came at like 5 a.m. or somebody to open up the bowling center or the pro shop, whatever, at like 6 a.m. And that was the picture that got sent to me. My bowling bag was still in the parking lot, still on its uprights on the wheels. And they took it into the bowling center and I got my, my bag back the next week in league. So I'm Incredible. giving myself worst of the week, Mike. But, dude, have you ever seen that before? Like, oh, there's a bag sitting in the middle of the parking lot. Dude, look at that. That's a lonely bag. I know. <laughs> Jimmy from the ring and 10. Dude, it don't is. you want to just like make friends with this bag and like bring him in and, and like, you know, not be so out there alone anyway. So I thought that was a really funny story Um, that got, you know, too. just I read that post on the USBC message boards and I'm like, man, I remember the time I left my bag literally in the middle of the parking lot. So That's I just wild. thought that was a funny story. Anyway, Mike. All right, Rob. So this is kind of a little bit of a somber final thought for me. I, I saw this on a bowling. Um, I saw this on a Twitter at the Weber Cup um, that uh, T- Tomas Leanderson uh, passed away. Um, Tomas Leanderson represented Europe eight times at the Weber Cup uh, from 2000 until 2007. Um, and, um, you know, my condolences and thoughts go out to – Tomas Leanderson's family. Uh, he was a great bowler. Mike, I know you've watched the Weber Cup and probably remember Tomas uh, as a bowler. So, you know, my thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to Leanderson. And, uh, you know, look, the bowling family is a small family. So when someone, you know, passes away uh, in the bowling family, the whole bowling, I feel like industry or the bowling family, we all kind of feel it in our own kind of way. So, uh, yeah, so that's my, uh, you know, Final thoughts. Yeah, I'll echo those sentiments for sure. Uh, cancer, terrible disease, terrible disease for sure. Uh, that that you know has impacted a lot of us. So I think I think we all, uh, you know, when you hear that, you know, we all a lot of us have experiences that we can relate to and, and empathize with people in that position. So uh, definitely condolences to to his family. Uh, all right, Rob. You know we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up for this week. Uh, Thank you to the people for joining us as usual. YouTube, please. YouTube, YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe rate the show. Help us out. Help rate us, us out. leave a comment. Leave a comment. We need to, we need to run comments. another comment contest. We need to run another comment contest. Yeah, we need we to need do to. something. We need to do something if we hit 1,000 subscribers, Mike. Maybe True. we give a bowling ball. True. Maybe we have a party. Ooh, tailgate party. That would be party. dope. Like, that very good. All right, Rob, uh, I got Knob Hill all Friday. I'll be there practicing if anybody wants to join me. Also looking for matches if anybody wants to hit me up. Uh, 
Hit us up on social media. I'm at the 215th on Twitter. He's at BrooklynRob11. Hit us mm-hmm. up. Uh, send us the emails. Uh, at SweepTheRack at Gmail. Uh, keep the emails oh, coming. Mike. A lot I'm of people reached things, out. Mike. A lot of people reached out about the rosin bags. We appreciate the support. We yo yo people. We greatly appreciate the support, yo. Yeah. Thank you. We're working we're working it things, out. Mike. We're working it out. All right. Give us give us a couple weeks. The rosin bags aren't even done yet. Jeff Lindemuth is working on them. Lindy's Once bags. they're done, we'll we'll Lindy's bags. Shout to Lindy's bags. We'll have word for the people that we want the worst things. of the week rosin bags. All right? I got big things coming, Mike. So just I be got aware. Big 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 plans coming. All right, Rob. Uh, have a good week. You too, man. Good luck Friday on your action practice. No doubt. Have a good one. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.